This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Church from Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit our website at faithchurchlubbock.com. Good morning, good morning. Good to see you here on Resurrection Sunday. Glad you made it here. If you're a guest, we're honored to have you. If you're a regular, I'm glad you made it back. Need a Bible? Once you get your hand up real high, our ushers would gladly get you one. Then we'll begin today in the book of John, chapter 19. So I'm going to inform you that the Easter Sunday is, is not about the Easter bunny. It's not about jelly beans. It's not about ham. It's not about how nice some of you look, especially Mark Lar, wherever Mark's at. Well, yeah, there's Mark right. Mark looks nice today. You guys really need to brag on his shirt. Because he has the same shirt on that I do, so he looks nice. Well, again, I welcome all of you again. Uh, we're going to, to John chapter 19, and as we're going there, let me review just a little bit about what's going on here in the last week. Again, if you were here last Sunday, it was Easter, I mean, that's Palm Sunday, where the Lord Jesus came strolling in on the donkey. That's, that's Psalms 118, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And then I, I like this whole Holy Week to kindly kind of go through what took place in Jesus' life day by day. And the reason I like to do that, because every one of us in here, if Jesus doesn't come back, we're going to die sometime. That may be a revelation to some of you. You're going to die. But the Lord Jesus, he not only knew how he was going to die, he knew when he was going to die. And so Monday came and Tuesday came. Wednesday came. Thursday, the night he was betrayed by Judas. And so he knew as that approached what would take place. And Friday was the crucifixion, the beating, the flogging. And so again, you begin to get a picture of everything that took place. So we pick back up here. Friday about 3 o'clock, and this is John 19, verse 28. After this, Jesus, knowing that all things were now accomplished, all things were now completed, fulfilled, and what that literally means is the plan of redemption was a done deal with what the Lord Jesus was doing. So all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled Jesus said, I thirst. Now, many times when we look at that, we look at that as a physical sense. But really what this is, it says that he thirsted for the souls of, of mankind. His desire was for a relationship with us. And he demonstrated the priority he placed on love and concern and relationships. That was huge. Verse 29. Now a vessel full of sour wine was sitting there and they filled a sponge with sour wine, put it on the hesop and put it to his mouth. So when Jesus had received the sour wine, he said, it is finished. It is finished. Fully completed. The Passion Translation says, my bride was fully completed. The souls of man for salvation is what this was talking about. And so the day that the Lord Jesus said, it is finished, nothing's ever been rescinded. 
It's still finished. It, it's still a, a done deal. And so this was Jesus' last words on that Friday. Turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, and as you're turning there, we go through the rest of Jesus' Friday. The Sabbath started at sunset on Friday evening. So they knew they had to get Jesus in the tomb before the Sabbath started. Jesus is Saturday. The Bible is very clear that he spent three days in the, the belly of the earth. But when we roll around here to Matthew 28, Sunday's a whole new day. Verse 1. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, so we're now Sunday morning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And I have to stop on this just a little bit here because it highlights these two Marys. And this one named Mary Magdalene or Mary from Magdala was the same Mary that the Lord Jesus had cast seven demons out of. You don't have seven demons in you because you're very holy. You're very righteous. You got seven demons in you because you haven't had the things of God in your life like God desires. And one of the reasons I highlight that is that may be you right now. You may have some issues in your life. You may have some hangups in your life. You, you may have missed it badly in your life, just like Mary of Magdala did. But it doesn't exempt you from being a child of God. Actually, those are the things that qualify us. And so I highlight this woman, Mary from Magdala, that God is still in the business of taking messes and making miracles. And so here's Mary of Magdala and the other Mary. And they came to see the tomb. Now, I'm going to ask you to show those pictures here. I want you to see the tomb. Wow, there's a sign, the tomb. That's not in Lubbock, okay? We don't have landscape like that. This is actually in Jerusalem. So this is a picture of the tomb. And literally you walk up. And when you walk up, you have to bend down to go in. Go ahead. Another picture of it. And there's the inside. The reason I want to highlight that and show you that, I got to go there a few years ago. I went to the tomb. It's real. Let me give you a little insight about the tomb also. Jesus isn't in there. He's not in there. So they show up to the tomb. And again, this was Mary of Magdala, the, the same Mary who witnessed the crucifixion of Jesus, the same Mary who witnessed on Friday evening Joseph putting him in the tomb. And here she is back on Sunday morning. Another point that you got to keep seeing with this 
is this is a woman who had a relationship with Jesus. This wasn't nothing to do with religion. This was a woman who was with Jesus day by day by day, and she saw how real and how authentic he had been to her. Jesus loves relationships. Verse 2, and behold, there was a great earthquake, not a little tremor, a great earthquake. The second of that weekend, the first was Friday about 3 o'clock at the death of Jesus. And now here early on Resurrection Sunday, there's another earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven. And if you were to look at this right here, the angel of the Lord that descended from heaven, actually the angel of the Lord, those four words, angel of the Lord, the first letter in all those four words literally spells Y-H-W-H, Yahweh. So the angel of the Lord is on an assignment from Yahweh. And he shows up back at the tomb and he came and he rolled back the stone from the door and he sat on it. And this is interesting here because I believe when the angel of the Lord sat on the tomb, you know what he was doing? He was mocking death. I believe he was saying to death, death, you're not what you used to be. But because before Jesus did what he did, we had no hope. We would be eternally damned if it wasn't for what Jesus did. And so the angel of the Lord knew that. His countenance was like lightning. And his clothing white as snow. And the guards, these Roman centurions, they shook for fear of him. And they became like dead men. And this angel must have been, ooh, impressive. But the angel answered and said to the women, the two Marys, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. You don't have to be afraid. Now look what the angel of the Lord said in verse 6. He is not here. For he is risen. He's not here, he's risen. In other words, you're, you're looking for a man who's alive among the dead. He's, he's not here, he's risen. And so Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, it's not about death and defeat. It's actually about life and victory, what this is about today. And so he said he's not here, he's risen. Just as he said. And remember over and over, Matthew 10, Matthew 12, Matthew 16, Matthew 17, over and over, the Lord Jesus would warn them, the day's coming. I'm going to die, but I'm coming back. Just as he said. And one of the reasons I want to highlight that little phrase, just as he said, is because when Jesus tells us he's going to do something, you can go to the bank on it. It's going to happen. Just as he said. We keep reading. 
come see the place where the Lord lay. Verse 7, and go quickly, and go quickly. And that go quickly right there, that little phrase, it goes back to the end of the Bible in, in Revelations 22. And the day that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to come back, it's going to be quickly when he comes. There's going to be a blast. And the ones of us that are still here, we're going to, we're going to Peter Pan right on out of here. Hostel is on you. I'm out. I'm out. Quickly. And tell his disciples that he's risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So the two Marys went out quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy. And they ran to bring his disciples the word. Now, the fact of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It doesn't need your faith or my faith to be a fact. It's a fact. Whether we believe it or not, you know, a lot of years ago, way, way, way back, I was in a vehicle one day and there was a car in front of me. And this car had a bumper sticker and the bumper sticker said, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. And I thought, that's really good. Until what I call, I got a God thought. You know what the God thought came in my heart and said? God said it, and whether you believe it or not, it's settled in heaven. It's a done deal. And that's the same with what Jesus did on the cross. Jesus did it, and whether you believe it or not, it's a done deal. And so Jesus, he doesn't need our faith for it to be a fact, but we need his resurrection and the cross in order to be born again. I got to believe in those things. So here he is risen and there to go tell the disciples, verse 9. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them. Who was the them? The two Marys. Mary of Magdala. Look what it says here. Jesus met them saying, rejoice. rejoice. This is Easter. Rejoice. So they came and, and held him by the feet and they worshiped him. The resurrected Savior. When's the last time I've got at his feet and, and worshiped him? And the reason they got at the feet and worshiped it was relationship. Oh, the Lord Jesus, the one who saved us. And in Mary Magdalene's life again, the one who set me free, the one who cast the devils out of me. Man, this is a huge day for him. And so we go to verse 10. Then Jesus said to the two women, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee and there they will see me. Twice now Jesus said, Go to Galilee. Tell them, get to Galilee and they'll see me. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to Galilee. Turn with me to Acts chapter 1. Acts 
Acts chapter number 1. And again, the Lord Jesus said, I'll see you in the region of the Sea of Galilee. That's where Jesus did the majority of his miracles at. So we pick up in Acts chapter 1, verse 1. The former account I made, O Theophilus, and literally the, the statement on this here with all of Theophilus was, I write to you, O lover of God, is what this means. I'm writing to you, lover of God. Of all that Jesus began both to do and to teach. And, and so when you look at this, he said, I'm, I'm going to write to you about these further details of all the things that, that Jesus did and that Jesus taught. Do you know the Bible referenced Jesus as teacher 44 times? And so the Lord Jesus, his classroom was called life. And the Lord Jesus had a PhD in life. Jesus knows how to live life and life to its fullest. He said in John 10, 10, I came so you may have life and that more abundantly. And so the Lord Jesus, he, he wants to teach us how to live life to its fullest. But he, he gives us some nuggets in here. Verse 2. Until the day which he was taken up. You know what that means? The day he would ascend into heaven. He was here for 40 days. It goes on to say, after he, the Lord Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen. And we got to get this, guys. Remember, Jesus is teaching us about life. How he gave us commandments and instructions through the Holy Spirit. You know what I believe he's telling us right there? You're not going to make it without the Holy Spirit. The Bible says in Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And so again, he highlights, he operated under the unction of the Holy Spirit. Nothing's changed. And he had given commandments. Verse 3, to whom he also presented himself alive resurrected after his suffering by many infallible proofs different settings and, and signs many infallible proofs on 11 different occasions he was with his disciples during this time frame I don't have time to take you to John 21 but I'm going to paraphrase this for you so Jesus is resurrected from the dead. He's at the Sea of Galilee. He's in a place called Capernaum, the far north part of the Sea of Galilee. Mount Hermon and the Jordan River comes down and it goes into the Sea of Galilee. Where it enters right there, that's Capernaum. You would have Tiberias, Magdala, where Mary is from, and Capernaum. So Jesus is at Capernaum and he yells out, before to, to the disciples who had been out fishing and he said hey fellas you caught anything we hadn't caught nothing and he instructs them throw the net on the right side of the boat for a great catch 
while they're throwing the net down, the disciple whom Jesus loved, which was John, he recognized Jesus' voice. He dives in, and Peter dives in after him. They start swimming. They get to the, the, the bank. They pull the net in. They begin to count the fish. They get to 153 fish. Every letter in the Hebrew alphabet has numerical value. The 153 fish spelled out, Ani Elohim, which means God will provide. You know what Jesus was doing? He was teaching them about the kingdom of God. And he said, don't ever forget, God will provide. So they see him with all these infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days. And the 40 days, it signifies completion. If you go back and look in the Bible, how many days was Jesus in the wilderness being tempted? 40. How many days was Moses at Mount Sinai? 40. How many days was, was Noah on the ark? 40. How many disciples were there? Not 40. There was only 12 and 11 at this time, okay? Just making sure some of you are awake. The day of completion. But look what he says to them. Speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Jesus wanted us to know the kingdom of God. It's about eternity. It's about populating heaven. And remember in Acts 10 verse 17 that the disciples, the 70 came back and they said to the Lord Jesus, they said, Jesus, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And then in verse 19, the Lord Jesus said, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. But in verse 20, he said, don't rejoice that the demons are subject to you in my name. Rather rejoice that your name's registered in heaven. That's the greatest thing. My name's got to be registered in heaven. So he begins to speak in all these things. And as I begin to look at all the infallible proofs, you know, there's so many things in our life that we believe in. Even though we've never seen them with our physical eye. You know, I remember numbers of years ago. I was told there was a thing called the Statue of Liberty in New York City. I believed it for a lot of years, though I'd never seen it. I've seen it. It's there. It really is. It's there. But there's so many things in our life that we believe, though we've never seen them. Way back in 1800s, there was a guy named President Abraham Lincoln. And they say President Lincoln was assassinated. I believe that. Do you guys believe that? I believe in that. But I never saw it. And I would venture to say none of you ever saw it. Unless you're older than dirt. <laughs> you're ancient. You're a dinosaur. 
I believe that happened. How about this? How many of you believe that Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated? I did, I believe it. But I never witnessed it with my physical eyes. See, over and over, we believe things that we've never seen. In 1969, in July of 1969, to be more accurate, they said there was going to be a man walk on the moon. In July of 1969, I was a whopping eight years old. I could have gone outside and looked up there at the moon. and the, I never saw anybody walking up there. But yet I believe they were there. How would you believe that? Because they told me so. And so I don't know why we have a hard time believing that the Lord Jesus not only was crucified, but he was resurrected because over and over he told them, this is what's going to happen. And one of the reasons I want to highlight this is because he met with these disciples for 40 days in there and he instructed them on life over and over. And you know what I find out about his disciples? They all kept following him. They didn't say that was a fraud. That's not real. It didn't really happen. And when I look at these disciples' lives, they were imprisoned, they were beaten, they were rejected. They were murdered. Some of them were beheaded. One of them was crucified upside down. The reason I highlight, do you think they would have gone for the grave for something that wasn't real? They knew it was real. And so three years ago when I got to go to, to Israel and go into Jerusalem and see all those things, the Bible literally came alive to me and I realized, man, this is incredible. This is what the Lord Jesus did. I, I want you to go with me to one last passage this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And I hope this doesn't freak you out. Actually, I really don't care if it freaks you out. I'm going to go ahead and do it. I'm going to read this in the Passions Translation. It's really, really, really easy reading, easy to understand. I, I encourage you, if you've never read out of the passage translation, get it. Get it. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 54. Now listen real close. And when that which is mortal puts away immortality, and what now decays is exchanged for what will never decay. What which now decays is exchanged for what will never decay. Well, what was the Apostle Paul talking about here? Well, you know, when the human body dies, it decays pretty quick. You remember old Lazarus, he'd been in the grave just a few days, and they said, Lord, he stinketh. He doesn't smell very good. Lazarus got that leave me alone cologne on. He doesn't smell very good. Every one of us in here, we have this thing that I call the earth suit. The only difference between the earth suit with me and you is God pulled me out of the oven a little earlier than he did some of you. And that's the only difference. But this thing's going to decay one day. 
You don't think it's going to decay? Just go out to the Lubbock Cemetery and dig one of those bodies up. You may go to jail for doing that, but go ahead and do it. And you'll find out, just a bunch of bones, okay? But it's interesting, he says here, the thing that decays is going to be exchanged for what will never decay. Never decay. That's my heavenly earth, not my earth suit, but my heavenly suit. Mm. Then the scripture will be fulfilled, it says, Death is swallowed up by a triumphant victory. So death, tell me where is your victory? Question mark. Death, tell tell me where is your victory? Tell me death, where is your sting? But we thank God for giving us the victory as conquerors through our Lord Jesus, the anointed one. When you look at this, the Aramaic literally says, accept God's grace. You know what God's grace is? It's a gift. I can't earn it, but I really need the grace of God. I, I got to have the grace. It should be a prayer of Lord, I welcome your grace every day. The acronym of grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. Oh, Lord, I need your grace. I need your grace. Grace me. Amazing grace. That's just not a song. Amazing grace. And when he says you're the conquerors, this is the victorious conquerors that have hope beyond the grave. Let me ask you something off of that. Do you have hope beyond the grave? You can. He says in verse number 58, so now beloved ones, Stand firm, stable, and enduring. Live your lives with an unshakable confidence. Woo! Do you need do you need to have an unshakable confidence? There's stuff in the scripture that will give that to you. And that unshakable confidence is this. I know my name's registered in heaven. How do you know that? Well, it's not because I did a thousand Hail Marys. And it's not because I went to church every day. It's because I acted on the scriptures in Romans 10, 9 and 10. It says, if you'll believe with your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, if you'll repent of your sin, if you'll ask Jesus to come in your heart, that's where I get this unshakable confidence. I'm heaven bound. Not because of me. We know that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord. That's a nugget for every one of us in here. Some of you ought to shout it. Some of you ought to dance. What a promise that we prosper and excel in every season by serving the Lord. You know what that means? My prospering and excelling, it isn't based on the weather. It's not based on Climate change, whatever that is, that's a good one. It's, it's not ever based on what happens with Wall Street. It's not based on the price of the barrel of oil. It's not based on the interest rate. Here's a good one for you. It's not based on who the president is or isn't. There's two holy grunts. Come on. S-O-C-K-S, Gloria. Come on. Jump in here with me. 
Some of you Spanish got to help these gringos. You got to help them with that one. Because we are assured that our union with the Lord makes our labor productive with fruit that endures. With fruit that endures. And so when I, I look at this, oh, death, where is your sting? What the Lord Jesus did, he conquered death. If we died with Christ, then we are resurrected with Christ. That's all Colossians 3, 1, 2, 3, read it. If I've died with Christ, I've been resurrected with Christ, the message of that passage says, then act like it. Then act like you're saved. Then act like you're dead to all your old ways. You're dead to your sin. You're dead to your past. You're dead to yourself. Remember, that's 2 Corinthians. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. So I'm going to have you stand up here. You know, in Ephesians 2, 8, it says, we've been saved by grace through faith. It's the gift of God. No matter how bad you've been, no matter how good you think you are, the Lord Jesus said to Nicodemus in John 3, he said, you must be born again. You must be born again. In John 3, 16, the Lord said, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life. What a promise. He said about the Lord Jesus in John 14, 6, he said, Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life the only way to the Father is through the Son that's bracketed that's in parentheses let me say that again the only way to the Father is through the Son the, the only way say this just with every head up and every eye open oh that's different yeah why are you saying that because the Lord Jesus said this he said if you deny me before men I'll deny you before the father but if you acknowledge me before men I'll acknowledge you before the father Ooh, what a promise and so if you're here today and you have some of the past issues that Mary of Magdala had and you say, but I've missed it. I've blown it. I, I, I've, I've screwed up. And that's in the Greek. I've, I've gone overboard. I've gone backwards. I've done everything wrong. Welcome to the NFL. The Bible says we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so right now, if you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, you, you've never said, Jesus, come in and be Lord of my life. I, I welcome you right now to just get out of your pew and come, your chair, whatever they are, they're not pews anymore. I welcome you to come. That's you. Don't be embarrassed.
I, I, I know I'm live on live stream right now. Come on, buddy. Come on. Thank you for obeying. I, I love to see people get born again so much. And I'll, I'll jump off here. I'll come back there and get you, okay? Dave, that's you. We'll give another opportunity. Thank you. The Bible talks about in Luke the prodigal son. And the prodigal son is one that at one time had a relationship with God, but he chose to go back to the world. But there was a day he, he thought to himself how good it was in, in, in my father's kingdom. And he came back. And he came back and he repented. And when he came back and repented, Father God hugged him and welcomed him in, put the robe on him, got him a new pair of shoes, got him some rings and said, come on back, come on back. And if that's you today, if, if you've left and you're a prodigal, he's saying today, come on back. If that's you, get out of your seat and come on. Come on. Don't be embarrassed. Come on. Come on, buddy, that's good. I, I celebrate you. Ooh, what a day. What a day. If I, if I can have one more of our men from our prayer team, somebody come down here. Come on. Ooh, here's another one. Look at him. Here they come. Come on. Anybody else? Come on, it's not too late. service wouldn't outdo the second service. Let me tell you what's going on here just a little bit. The Lord Jesus said in John 16, he said, I got to send you a helper. I got to send you a helper. I know as a man, there's two times in the Bible the Lord said, you need a helper. You need a wife, dude. And then you need the Holy Spirit. And I said, yes, Lord, I need both of those. I can use all the help I can get. So the Lord said, I'm going to send you a helper. He said that the Holy Spirit would be the helper and the Holy Spirit would convict or convince you that you're a sinner and you need a Savior. That's what's going on right now. The Holy Spirit is at work in some of us. That's a good thing. I got to do one more, one more invitation. Come on, Steve. Come on down, buddy. Come on down there with our ring. Remember what the Apostles Paul said there. He said that we could live with an unshakable confidence. If you've given your heart to Jesus, 
but you don't live with that unshakable confidence. You think you have this thought, I, I hope I make it, I hope I make it. And I want you to come down here. I, I, I want Jesus to inscribe on your heart today where you know my name's registered in heaven. I, 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 I want a touch of God in my life where I sleep well at night, where I know, come on, keep coming. There's more I'm coming down here. When I, when I end this journey, I'm heaven bound. He's gone. Don't, don't try to pray me back down here. I want to stay in a place called paradise with Jesus. Anymore. Anybody else? Come on. <laughs> Come on. I'm going to wait. This is good. Keep coming, man. Here they keep coming. Come on, Eddie. Come on. Terry. Come on. Come on. Pastor, if that hand burns, I'm going to blame you. No, you blame Jesus. He'll graciously give you a new one. Listen, I want you to raise your hands here to heaven. Even, even out here in the whole congregation, even on live stream, you say this from your heart, okay? Say this to Jesus. Lord Jesus, I come to you on Easter Sunday as a sinner I've sinned and sinned and sinned I've messed up I've blown it and I acknowledge all my sin before you and I ask you today forgive me cleanse me from all unrighteousness Lord Jesus, today, come into my heart and be Lord of my life. And I believe today, on April 17th of 2022, my name is registered in heaven. I welcome your blood, Lord Jesus. I welcome your broken body, Lord Jesus. And P.S. Go ahead and fill me with the Holy Spirit. That's just kind of an added little bonus for you, okay? Come on, listen. I'm, I'm going to have a play. I, I think we need a shout. Thank you once again for joining us on this podcast. To check out more services from Faith Church, you can find our live broadcast on YouTube or check out our website at faithchurchlubbock.com for more information on upcoming events, how to give, and how you can get involved.